In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed, because after all, it's only one day of your life. What up, Betches? Welcome back to another episode of our weekly podcast, Betches Brides. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, and today we have a very special guest joining us. Her name is Tanya Pushkin, aka The Vow Whisper. Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Taylor. It's really wonderful to be here. So good to have you. Okay, so Tony, I got to just come out of the gate strong. What the hell is a vow whisper? Nobody knows what the vow whisper <laughs> is. Uh, the vow whisper is a business that encompasses everything about a ceremony, all the spoken words. So it could be as an efficient or um, as someone who helps couple write their vows. Okay. I also coach people on public speaking because almost everyone is terrified of it's, saying their vows in public. Oh yeah. And also just, I mean, public speaking in general. So I just, you know, obviously it's now postponed due to the pandemic, but I was on tour with a really successful friend of mine who's a podcaster and I was like opening essentially for her, which I mean, you might call it comedy, but like I am by no stretch of the imagination, a stand-up comedian. So I saw the more as like, you know, I had like, an opening speech to give with a little humor in it. And it is terrifying. Whether it's in front of three people or 3,000 people, public speaking is actually one of the biggest phobias. I think it's like arachnophobia. It's like fear of spiders, fear of heights. And then like third is probably fear of speaking. I think Mike had said to me the other day, it was drowning. Drowning. Yep. Drowning was like the second, I think. Yeah. But People are so terrified of speaking, which is part of the reason they don't want to do their vows. However, if I can convince them that I will get them through that fear and will get them so confident and just feel great about standing there, then, you know, I've accomplished my job and I usually, I usually get them there. Um, and then if they want me to marry them, which happens very often. I do. I'm an efficient. So I started out, I've been doing the vow whispering stuff as a gift to friends for about 10 years. Anybody who was getting married or friends of whoever wanted to write their vows, I was like, let me help you. And it's important to note, I'm not the writer. Okay. It has to be words from their hearts, not mine. And so that's what makes me very different than a vow writer. That there are vow writers out there. There are a few, and you do a questionnaire. They send you back a week later. Your vows good to go. I don't do that. I work with. I'll take you through the process so you really understand it. The first meeting is with the three of us: bride, groom, groom and groom, bride and bride, whatever it is. We establish the vibe, the tone of voice of the ceremony, the, with their vows, do they want everybody to cry? Do they want everybody to laugh? Is he 
really, really serious and she's like goofy. Right. You know, how am I going to balance that out? And the length of time, et cetera. So we do that together and then we never, ever, ever talk about vows again until the day of, until the moment of. And I make sure that they don't discuss among themselves because okay. it's, really, it's got to be a secret. Yes. So then I start working with each one individually. And in essence, I get out of them everything that, that they are too overwhelmed to deal with. I'm basically holding their hands throughout the whole process. It's very overwhelming to sit down and say, and say okay, I have to write my vows now. Where do I start? Yeah. Well, I do that for them. Um, we start by me extracting so many memories, anecdotes, joys they've had, experiences they've had. What was the de defining moment? When did you know for sure? How did you feel when he proposed to you? Um, what are some of the hurdles you've gone through, which is really important Yes. because relationships are not perfect. And we are in a society now where we share the truth far yes. more. Yes. So if you as a couple have gone through something pretty difficult, it's okay to mention it. It's okay to, to say we have come out so much stronger. Right. And so we do this work together and then we write together. So even if they are lousy, lousy writers, I edit, I suggest, but it's always in their structure to it. I have made sure that both the bride and the groom, their, what we've done is balanced, mm -hmm. that there's the right sense of humor in each one, there's the right amount of seriousness in each one, that we've stuck to the vibe. And sometimes people go way off. They want something to be like a really edgy, funky kind of ceremony. They're boho chic people, or you have very traditional people, and then it's more serious vow thing. And so once that's done, then it's become, now it's about practicing it. Right. And Practice makes perfect. It really does. Exactly. So I tell couples, you know, we work with index cards. I want them to write out everything, not on, on the computer. And I'll tell you yeah. why. You write things out, you retain. I don't want people to memorize their vows. That's a catastrophe every time. They Unless like robots. What? They sound like robots. Yeah. I mean, they don't, I, I'm a former actress, so I can memorize. I know how to do it, but most people cannot. And they'll forget their words. They get nervous. It's, it's just, it's too much pressure, but I do get them to a point where they're reading off of their vow book or their piece of paper. And they kind of know the end of the sentences. They know the beginning of the next sentence. They know when to make eye contact. It's because we have practiced and practiced and practiced. And I tell them, don't read what you've written. Say it out loud. You've got to say it out loud. It's the only way the brain is going to, you've got to hear yourself. So I get them to a point where they're really confident. Now, in a couple, one of them may say, you know what, I'm good. I, I, I need a couple of hours. Right. And another one will say, can we just keep working? Can we keep practicing? Can we keep... And then very often I'll be asked to attend the wedding and do a dress rehearsal right yeah. before the ceremony. So it's, you know, when she's completely dressed, hair, makeup, shoes, done, he is, the cufflinks have been, you know, 
everything is done. It's the quiet moment before the ceremony when everyone else is too busy. Right. The family's running around. The wedding planner is nuts. The florist, the photographer. It's me and the bride alone in her room. And we do it one last time. And I'll, I'll do it in the groom's room as well. And if either one of them or both of them are just incredibly nervous, which they really shouldn't be at this right. point, but you always get it. You always, always get it. You, know? you always get it. It's because no, you care. Nerve, no, nerve. Matter, no matter how hard you've worked, you're nervous. Yes. And so maybe we'll breathe together. Maybe I'll just, you know, talk them off the ledge and meditate a little bit and just get them there. And I've been lucky. I've been flown all over the world to do this. It's like, you got the money to fly me to Italy to rehearse? Sure. <laughs> um, so the whole, the whole process is, it sounds like it could take a really long time. It doesn't have to. Right. It all depends on the level of each person. So it's really an a la carte process, depending on the couple. This is actually, this is so genius. And I never heard about this until literally right now talking to you. Right. And... I have to say, you know, so to go back to this idea, so I'm on a tour, right? So I took it seriously. I hired a comedy coach. I wrote a whole set. I practiced it. I memorized it. But the very first time you do it, I forgot everything, you know, because I was so nervous. And if I'm going to be honest, I really didn't do my due diligence in practicing ahead of time. And I knew that. And so I was insecure. But by like the fourth or fifth time I did it, not only did I have it, but then you can start, that's when as a comedian, you can kind of start ad-libbing. And so I know that wedding vows are different than that. But like, as you're talking, I'm thinking like, yes, if I could apply what I've learned through like tour life and being on stage and performing something, it really is the same thing, except it's even more important because if you bomb one night on tour, you have the next night to make it up. This is your one wedding day. So people should prepare for this like they're doing like a stand-up special on Netflix because it's really that important. And I will say, so my backstory, the audience knows it, so I'm not going to go into great detail, but I was married before didn't work out. Now I'm in a new relationship and we're going to get married. And I, so I, I learned a lot of lessons aside from just the relationship itself, but from the actual ceremony and the wedding day. And we, both of us, and I'm a public speaker. So people always think like, I'm going to be great at speeches. I'm going to be great at vows. And I'm actually terrible at public speaking. I've realized when I now, now I've gotten better because I've learned to write it out, practice, and, you know, perfect the craft before you hit the stage. You kind of can't, you don't ad-libbing is a very bad idea in any public speaking arena like it, it's a no matter how clever or witty you think you are trust me i've done it it doesn't work out but yeah. i will say that so my what i call him husband so my husband and i he wasn't that comfortable public speaking i definitely wasn't and so we decided to not even write our own vows which was a huge mistake because it's it's a time for you to share your love with each other in front of so many people. And when I see people that do do it, it's so special. So first of all, I think everybody should write and say their own vows. I think that that's like just across the board, it, like yeah. an important thing to do. But I will say that without the proper support and coaching, it, you probably will freak out. And a lot of people chicken out the last minute, they might even write them and they don't even do them because they're too scared to do them. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. 
for just $98 a month. You can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh Uh-oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BRIDES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code BRIDES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code BRIDES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. It was actually, I was at a wedding. Tanya, they really could have used you at this wedding. I was at a wedding and they wrote their own vows, but then the rabbi said the vows for them because they were both too nervous to deliver them. Really? Yeah, which was interesting. But <laughs> her vows were like, you know, whatever, just like usual, like Hallmark Cardi. And his vows, like he said, and I understood what he was trying to get across, but the way it was written, it was, it was so him. But basically we had the rabbi saying on his, on the groom's behalf, I can't wait to hook up with you for the rest of my life. And I thought I was, I was actually in the bridal party. So I was standing up under the hopa and I was like, Oh, Oh no, oh, no, no, no. So again, that's the thing. It's like you, you've, we've all been in these scenarios where people are shaky and nervous or they don't say their own vows or if they do, they say crazy things. So it is, a, it is a really important thing. I mean, think about how much work goes into a wedding, how much money you spend on flowers and lighting and an orchestra, everything. And then the, 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 really, the, the reason everybody's there, you yes. kind of, like, it's like, oh, it's a throwaway, whatever. This right. is, I mean, I, I, you are already hired for, I'm not even engaged yet, but you're hired. You're I'm working doing, with us. I'm doing them. The <laughs> thing is that the ceremony, which as you said, I believe is truly the most important part. They're not going to remember your flowers. They're not going to remember your dress, but they will remember those 30 minutes. Yeah. Because if those 30 minutes are made exciting, they can be really boring. But if they are made exciting and engaging and funny, and people will remember that forever. And yeah. if you've said your vows... And it's something that you can repeat every year on your anniversary. I mean, there's so many special ways of honoring your vows. Yeah. And, you know, the, what's funny about public speaking, I, I have people who come to me and say, I don't need the public speaking part. I've done a thousand PowerPoint presentations. I'm good. I'm like, do you realize you're going to be spilling your guts out from your heart? It's an emotional day. This is the day. You really think you're talking about the sales numbers up there? No, it's a different ball game. Sentiments also very hard. Like for me, again, I'm a very verbally gifted, super emotionally intelligent person. I can't write a Valentine's Day card to save my goddamn life. Like I, I'm not great with sentiment. I'm really not. I actually I had to give a speech for my sister's wedding because I was the maid of honor. Tanya, I was sweating it so hard. And I'm telling you, like I actually 
pulled it through in the 11th hour. And I would, but I was practicing and I had written something and I scrapped it all to hell the morning of the wedding. I rewrote it and I was able to make it sentimental and funny and like without like insulting everybody and being a total asshole. Cause usually when I get up and give speeches, I try to be funny and it does not play well. And I get crickets. Like I've had traumatic speaking experiences before. I was at my best friend from college's wedding and we got up at the rehearsal dinner, three of us as bridesmaids or college friends to like share anecdotes, like speeches, if you will. And my speech was basically like, oh, when I first met Nicole, I thought she was such a bitch. And like, I just, I said bitch like 25 times and her grandma's there. And then at the end, and I was like, and at the end of the day, she's a lovable bitch. And like, it did not play well. I went in the bathroom and cried because I was so nice. mad at myself, mortified. I was like, I disrespect him. I, I meant to be funny, you know, but it just, it didn't, it, it wasn't the right audience. Because when you're at a wedding, even if you're someone who's funny, the sentiment is also so important. You can make people laugh, but like ultimately people are there to be moved by love. So, you know, it's, it's a different ball game. And so um, I actually succeeded at my sister's wedding by the grace of God. But I will tell you, if I had known you back then, I would have hired my sister's wedding because that's something you probably help with. She was like, because yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, like when it comes to this, this, there's, Nothing can ruin a wedding for me. I, I can only speak for myself. But then when, when someone asks me to be a bridesmaid or even an officiant, I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> because I am so scared of giving speeches. And my track record is I actually more times than not don't deliver a good speech. And so like, and then the whole wedding, I'm panicked. I'm nervous. I don't no. want to have any drinks. I, I'm like, it's, it, it can really ruin a wedding for somebody. And I've seen... Tanya, I've seen way more people bomb at speeches than I have seen people succeed. People but when they succeed, terrible. They, they never forget it. They don't understand that they really only need to sp- speak for one minute or two, not for 11, <laughs> rambling on and on and on and on about, and then all these inside jokes about the groom, and nobody's understanding and nobody's laughing. No. It's, you know... Uh, yeah. it's, bad, it's, it's bad for the guest. It's bad for the giver of the speech, whether you're a bride or a groom, a groom, a groom, a bride, a bride, or you're actually like, like somebody important who's giving a speech. Yeah. I mean, this is a service we should all be implementing at every single wedding, no matter what our role in the wedding is. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. this is fantastic. It really is. Um, and then, you know, back to the ceremony and the fact that what, what you said about this is your one day, this is, it isn't a performance. Let's face it. That ceremony is a performance and it's become more and more so the more money people spend, the more videography and Instagram, all of that. It is a performance. And when you look at some of these pictures, like on Lake Como, for example, the, you know, the, the lavishness that goes into the entrance to the, I mean, it's so over the top. Those ceremonies are truly performances. And so that's what I'm using my acting skills to coach people from the very, very beginning. And, you know, it's, it's how not to mumble. It's how to project. It's how to have the right body language, not to sit there and twirl your hair or sway or, you know, there's so much that people do and they don't realize it. Right. So, you know, it's a, it's a great experience. And what I find that in the work I do with people, I get to know each one so well because it's such a collaborative experience and it's almost like mini therapy. I'm not a premarital counselor. I'm not, you know, but I have 
times, a lot of times, it feels like it because she may have written something, you know, um, I'll try not to get too angry with you. I know I get really upset with you. And, and I'll say, well, what do you mean? Like you get upset. Why? What do you do? And then she puts down her pen and for 20 minutes, she says to me, I'm really trying to work on my anger. And, you know, I, I, this is what I say horrible things to him sometimes. And 20 minutes later, you know, it's like therapy. Yeah. I've gotten some nuggets out of what she said that we're going to use. Amazing. You know, so, and after every, every experience with, sorry, I'm really dry. Um, with each person, they've come back to me to say that this has been so revolutionary or revelating for them because we've dealt so deeply into their feelings, their thoughts, their, their emotions for the person they're about ready to marry. And it's become educational. It's become like, oh my God, now I really know why I want to marry you. And when we get to the promises, we are not just promising for that wedding day performance. We are promising for the rest of your friggin' lives. Yeah, you are. That's the plan. That's yeah. the plan. Well, how about this? Let me ask you this. What's the difference between a promise and a vow? Okay. Um, I call the vows the entire big picture thing, mm -hmm. which ends with the promises. Got it. So the vows have a whole structure to them. You know, you start normally with how you met. What is it that you love so much about each other? What are some of the, the qualities this person has? How has he or she made you a better person? And we talk about their experiences together. And then we go into the future. What does the future look like? Okay. And then we talk about the promises, which is how we end the whole vow. Oh, I love that. Also, structurally, because we were talking about how speeches should really not be more than like two minutes. What's like how long, what's your ideal amount of time for the bride, the groom, whatever the combination is, um, each of them for their vows, if you will? Is it like three minutes, three to five minutes? I would say the sweet spot is five. Mm -hmm. um, I did a couple not long ago. In fact, her, the bride's, process with me um her whole working with me brides did an article on like the entire process from her point of view and with that particular couple she is um a big writer at refinery 29 oh. and she and her husband um husband now they had written their vows. I was working with both of them. This was so amazing. They were so similar. Like, what was that moment you knew they had the exact same moment, the exact same feeling? What, you know, but, but their vows were very long, okay. but it worked because they were so engaging and so entertaining. Nobody knew they were 11 minutes long each. Nobody knew. Right. Um, five, five minutes is really the perfect five to six, what's, two to three is wait, like, yeah, what's, the, what's the lowest you can get away with? If you're maybe somebody who's really nervous about public speaking. I mean, we could do it for one minute. <laughs> I like that. Um, let me also ask you this. So in your experience, 
if couples struggle, really struggle to write their vows, and even especially in working with you, in your opinion, are they less likely to stay together? Like, can you tell the couples that are going to make it and the couples that aren't? No. Um, no, I did have a couple that I didn't think should get married to begin with. Interesting. That I was, yeah. Um, how did you, how did you rectify that or, or deal with that? Did you just keep it to yourself? Did you? No, I finally, you know, because again, you get to know people so well that I really questioned their vows were so dark, mm-hmm. so dark. And I said, you guys cannot get married using these words right. unless this is who you really are. And we need to start over. Let's find the joy, please. Let's find the joy in this. Everybody who's sitting there listening to you is going to go, why the hell do you, are you two getting married? I was at one of those weddings one time. It was like, really? oh God. I, honestly, I can't remember whose wedding and I can't remember what was, what, what was said, but I remember being at a wedding and feeling like, fuck, you know, this is not going to end well. You can right. tell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're doing fine, but you know, I just, I did, I did not have a good feeling about that, but, uh, but if people write, because I do ask them initially to do a brain dump, I'll ask a whole bunch of questions and I give them weeks. Go, go think about this for a while. This is not an overnight thing. This is a thoughtful, reflective time. Unplug yourself, spend time with my questions then just write as much as you want. And I don't care how badly they write because I will spin it. I will edit. I will suggest, and we will get to beautiful, beautiful vows. Um, But I ask them to take the time and not, not come back overnight and say, okay, I'm done. Right. Exactly. Um, What kind of couples are easy to work with and what kind of couples are difficult to work with and why? Most of the couples, interestingly enough that I've had, And I will say, okay, so my business is relatively new, the professional part. But like I said, I've been doing this for 10 years. So I've probably done 70 or 80 couples. I would say that um, sometimes they will come to, one of them will have wanted to do this so badly and the other one was dragged into it. (laughs) Exactly. Not surprised. It's probably usually the group, I would guess. Not always, no. Really? Interesting. And I use something else that you're not going to believe. Sometimes men are more expressive than women. Wow. That's fascinating. And I think it's because I'm a very open person. I'm calm. People, People just tell me everything. I just make them feel that way. And maybe men are able to just release it. I don't know. <laughs> I prompt them. I was like, come on, tell me how you felt the second she walked into that bar. Really think about it. You know, and I think about what is it that you want to give to her for the rest of your life? How do you wake up in the morning? What do you, you look at her across the bed and you think what? So it's like getting it all out of them. Yeah. And it's a release, I guess. I don't know. But um, I find that, that, yeah, they come dragging, yep. but then I, I kind of convince them why they should be doing this because if she's going to be really good and he doesn't give a shit, <laughs> it's not going to work. 
you know? Exactly. So, <laughs> also, little healthy competition in a relationship, nobody hurt anybody, right? So it's like, I like that you work separately and that they can't talk about it because then it's never. like, well, I want to be as good as her or as good as him. And I don't want to be, you know, getting an F when they're getting an A plus. So. Well, I do have a, a groom who I'm talking to this afternoon who reached out to me yesterday. Mm -hmm. He said, I want you to help me write my vows. And my next question was, well, what about your fiance? And he said, no, no, no. It's a secret that you and I are going to write together. When I talk to him today, I will explain why. Okay, fine. She can do her own thing. But at least let me read what she writes because right. it influence what you and I do. Right, exactly. Oh, wow. He's either like just trying to keep pace with her because she's a great public speaker and he wants You're to look amazing. the same or he's a real son of a bitch and he wants to like crush her at the altar with his amazing <laughs> It's one of two. It's one of two. Exactly. Um, so obviously we're in a pandemic right now um, and a lot of people are postponing weddings, but a lot of people are going through with these Zoom weddings. So yep. speaking as an officiant, what is it like to officiate a Zoom wedding and how different is it than a typical ceremony? Or if you haven't done it yet, like what would you envision the difference being? If there really is any. So I have done one and I've got nine coming up and all of them came through just two weeks ago. So these are people who are going, okay, we really wanted to get married June 12th. The party's next year, we want to get married. Or, unfortunately, because of COVID, one of them has lost a job, they need to get on the health insurance, or there's a visa oh, issue. That's, so, you know what, I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah. There's a get, lot of that. Married, like tomorrow. Taylor, there's so much of that. People have lost their jobs, you know? And so... These Zoom weddings are going boom, 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 boom. What can we do? How fast can we pull it together? Where do we do it? And it could be in a backyard. But I, I try to say, let's, let's do something special. You know, it is going to be Zoomed out to 100 people. Um, let's at least try to have, you know, if it's in the backyard, let's have some flowers. Let's have some candles, um, maybe some champagne, a little cake, something. I am doing next week at the week after on Instagram, I threw it out there that, that I would marry any first responder for free. I'm anybody, whether it's a nurse, a doctor, a fireman, anybody who has really sacrificed their lives in New York city. This is the epicenter. It has been sheer hell yeah. and people have sacrificed. I mean, it's unbelievable. So I ended up, I'm doing a nurse who still has COVID herself oh. and we're postponing a little bit for a few weeks. So she's fully recovered. And I got a, a hotel in Williamsburg to donate they, their roof. I got an amazing photographer who normally charges 15,000 to do it for nothing. Oh my God. And yeah, it's all, it's a feel good thing, you know? And so we're going, we're going to do that. And, they will have a wedding much later in the year. Uh, he's Australian or next year. And then I'm doing another one that, you know, was supposed to be on a boat, but we're going to do a little tiny thing. So these Zoom weddings are real. However, the other thing that's happening is that people are choosing, okay, we're not going to get our big wedding. Let's forget spending that hundred grand next year. Right. And why don't we do a small, intimate, gorgeous 
absolutely beautiful wedding with 10, 15, 20 people, whatever we're allowed to do, in some gorgeous venue. Yeah. The top of the line photographers and florists, like, we do it either high end or low end or whatever you want to do, but do that. And I'm working now with, I'm working with a, a several planners who have created packages that are on the much more affordable side. Okay. Where um, it's really easy to do these small, beautiful, wonderful events. Or I'm working with a an event, a wedding planner who is used to these epic weddings. And she's doing it on a tiny scale. Her clients, her client base is the same. They just can't do the big wedding. Right. So now let's figure out a way to do the, the smaller one. And she's coming up with some beautiful, beautiful ideas. And I think that's the new norm for at least the next six months. You know, I have to say, so the, the pandemic, horrible. This, I mean, on a global scale, of real things, people are dying, people are sick, people are losing their jobs. Very worried about the economy. However, I will say there's always silver lining to everything. And I feel like from a standpoint, I want to get married again to my girlfriend. We have to first get engaged, but like, she is like, she's been saying, let's go down to city hall for like the last eight months, like just before any of this started. And I always envisioned having, we always talked about having a very small wedding, just her family, nuclear family, just my nuclear family. And that was it. And making it like gorgeous and like just really over the top magnificent, but for like 15 people, you know, and then down the road, throwing a big party for all of our friends and business associates and extended family and things, something like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that the wedding industry has been so like over the top and the bigger, the better. And let's, you know, spend our savings or, you know, what you would put on a mortgage on it or down on a house to buy a house you're spending on your wedding. And there was a, there was a pressure and an expectation to have to do that. Right. And now because everything is kind of scaled down, it's becoming more socially acceptable to do these smaller, you know, exactly. And experiences. And I feel like, like I'm now feeling like, whereas before I was like, Oh my God, we'll get married in a couple of years. we got to save money. Like, what am I going to afford this? I got to do this, this, and this. I'm like, shit. I want to get on the bandwagon before it goes back to the norm of us having to have a 250 person wedding. You know, I mean, yeah, of course, I think no. this is a you bit of a silver it. lining. You could do it now. It, there, there's so many beautiful, wonderful venues and I, you know, it could be very special, but I think back to your point, you know, we've been locked down. We've been home. We realize we need less stuff. Yep. Do I really need another Prada bag? Nope. Mm, nope. Do I really need, you know, we've, we've pared down our lives sitting at home mm -hmm. and have realized for the most part that we really need a lot less and other things make us happier. And, you know, so, so the wedding is almost a reflection of that, this new kind of wedding. Do you, you think know? this new kind of wedding will stick after we are out of quarantine and this pandemic, we have a handle on it. Do you think it will stick or do you think things will go quickly go back to the way that they were? I think it will stick and go back. Okay. I, I think there'll be both. But, but you know what? I think that's good because if you, listen, if you're a bride that wants a big over the top massive wedding, girl, you do you. I am here for it. But there are some of us who don't want that. And I feel like before this, you know, situation happened that we're all in, it was kind of frowned upon. 
to do something like that. Yeah. Or like people would feel like, oh, they're, they're so cheap or like right. they left us out, that type of mentality. And I think now the smaller intimate, like I'm talking 20 people in under ceremony and reception, it will become a normal that people aren't um, insulted by. And that's a great thing. You had on your show the other day, you spoke to somebody about, um, you know, if you have, if you had a big guest list and you've got to pare it down way, way down. Um, I don't know if it was you or your guest who said, you know, start with like the most anxious people who don't want to travel. And then, you know, it's like you went through tears, right. Of how to get rid of people and they'll understand. They'll be thankful. They're not invited. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I think the small wedding, I think it's kind of a beautiful idea. So do I. I was at a wedding, my, the best wedding I've ever been to. It was at Amangiri in Utah. So it was, I wow. mean, this wedding was like Vogue style over the top wedding, but very intimate. She only invited like 70 people and that included all her family. And I was fortunate to be one of the guests. And it was just a weekend of us taking over this gorgeous place. It's, it's like a spa hotel. Right. And it was just, you know, it was, an, it was magnificent for a million reasons, but I really do feel that the intimate setting is what made it so uber special. And that's something when I walked away from that wedding that I was like, the next time I get married, that's the way I'm going to do it, you know? But easier said than done, right? Because so when did you get married? I don't know. We've been, um, I honestly, I think we're going to get, well, we, speaking of finances and, and realizing what we need and what we don't need. So I was actually going to reset my old um, engagement ring from my ex and just reset it completely because it's a gorgeous diamond. And then I was going to buy my girlfriend, also named Taylor, um, <laughs> like a diamond to the, I know, right? Taylor and Taylor to the equivalent size, but it would still be like, a very expensive ring because the one that was been got me was, I mean, a fantastic, amazing, like knock your socks off. And so she recently um, was talking, zooming with a friend of hers who actually has a lab diamond, a lab cut diamond or a lab grow diamond. Yeah. And she said to me, I know you're stressed about the money. Why don't we just get lab diamonds and call it a day? And she's like, it's like, I mean, you can get such a gorgeous piece of jewelry for a fraction of the price of a real diamond. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Who am I getting a diamond for? I don't care. And we down the road, we can always upgrade, but. So this what? is my wedding ring is a lab diamond. No kidding. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's gorgeous. But yeah. that's the thing again, going back to this idea of what we, what we thought we needed and what we now know we need. And so for us, it's like, it's more important to get engaged sooner rather than later. So rather than me save up for the big ring, Let's just get the lab ring. So once retail stores open up so we can go physically look at the rings again, we're going to go look. And I think we're going to get engaged pretty quickly. And she honestly would love to get married sooner rather than later. The only concern is that I know she wants her dad to be there and her dad has a heart condition. Um, he actually has an LVAD, which I don't know, not a lot of people know what it is, but it's basically like a mechanical heart. Like it's a machine that's inside of his body that kind of keeps him living. So he's obviously at very high risk for COVID. So we would not want to be putting him in a situation that would be potentially dangerous for him. But the second that we create an environment where it would be safe for him to be a part of it, um, I mean, I think we would be moving along pretty quickly. I, I mean, this is just this whole situation has just made me realize how much I love her. She's the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. So what are we waiting for? 
Listen, yeah. I'd love to help you both with, with your vows and, and marry you. I would love that. I would love that. I would love that. So let's get our rings and then we'll get talking. Okay, All before right. I let you go, I'm, by, by the way, I love you. You're my spirit animal. I'm obsessed with you. Okay, so before we go anywhere, we have to do our um, Betches Brides Facebook debate of the week. So we have a Facebook group, you guys. Please, please join. Now's the best time than ever to join because we need a support system. And so basically our Betches Brides Facebook group is where all brides go and they bitch, they complain, misery loves company, they look for inspiration. It's really a community. And a lot of times people post questions up there basically advice questions, and then everybody puts their two cents in and gives help. So uh, we like to break one of them down a week on the podcast. So this is from Jessica. She said, is anyone else not excited about their wedding anymore? Ugh. between COVID and issues with family members. I think 2021 for a courthouse wedding is sounding better, but what about all the money that has been spent? We are 26 days away and thinking about canceling it all. Um, Tanya, what would you say to one of your brides who is no longer excited about her wedding? Is she no longer excited about her wedding or the person she's going to marry? I'm going to say, I'm just going to make assumptions and fill in the blank. I'm going to say that she does still want to marry the person that she's intending to marry, but maybe that there are some strong opinions from family members, maybe one side, maybe both sides, that are kind of getting in the way, which I, I experienced firsthand during my wedding, and it was not... It does not make it fun. <laughs> That's for sure. She should elope. I okay. mean, um, 26 days away. But she's not excited about it. Why? She's become numb to it. It's been too difficult, stressful. You know, honestly, who knows? It could just be, maybe it is outside forces. I feel like I, I've been talking a lot about the, you know, this quarantine, the pandemic, and what it's doing to people. People, it's extremes. People are either extremely bored or extremely busy with work. People are either extremely happy, if they are, they might be, I don't, they're not talking about it, or extremely depressed. Um, and that might come in ebbs and flows because it's like emotional. Um, sure. And then I think couples are either extremely connected and strong or extremely just torn apart. So I think that maybe she's at the extreme negative side of things. And it could be just general depression that or anxiety that we're all dealing with. But the fact that she says between COVID and issues with family members says something. Should she postpone? You know, it's interesting because I can't help but put myself in her shoes because when I was getting married, not in a pandemic, I did try, I called my wedding planner and tried to postpone my wedding because I was fighting so much with my in-laws to be that I was like, this isn't even going to be fun. Like people aren't even talking to each other. And then we're supposed to on the wedding day, just all pretend it's hunky dory. That's not how I envisioned getting married. And my wedding planner, I don't know if she gave the best advice, but she said, listen, postponing is the same as canceling financially. Again, don't forget this was not in a pandemic. And she said, basically either get married and just deal with it after or cancel. Postponing is ridiculous. But that was then, okay? And so I decided I wasn't, I didn't have the courage to, post, uh, to cancel because I wasn't ready to step out of the marriage or the relationship. So I went through with the wedding and now I'm divorced. Um, but we are in a time now where it is socially acceptable and also possible to postpone and get out of contracts and stuff. So maybe 
Maybe she should. Maybe she should postpone because it gives her time to really think things through. Not and cancel. Not cancel. Mm -mm. Postpone. She says I mean, a, a 2021 no. courthouse wedding is sounding a lot better. But she's saying, but what about all the money that has been spent? So, so, so she's where I was, which is I don't want to waste this money. But to her, right. I'd like to say to her, girl, a lot of people are losing money right now. You know, so you're not, it's not like you're the only one. And a lot of people are postponing, even though things are, they're happy with their families and, you know, right. maybe right. they are still excited to get married. So I think maybe she needs to take this opportunity to postpone and really think things through. Really think, th yeah, and breathe through it. And, and now, now is clearly not the right time to be doing this. Yeah. It doesn't sound like she's in a good headspace. 26 days away. Trust me from somebody who's done it. You don't want your wedding day to be contentious. No. It's not a good way to start off a, a life together at all. No, not at all. Yeah. No. Well, Tanya, we are out of time, but thank you so much for joining us. This has been such a delight. You're such a pleasure. And also, it's like, it, it's, it's just blowing my mind talking to you. This is something that's so important, and I can't believe... I've, I've never even thought of this as a possibility until talking to you today. So this is something and that's- And no one, no one knows how, no one knows as a service to help them, to guide them through this whole thing, unless they're told. So I'm very reliant on other wedding industry people to say, have you thought about your ceremony? Do you want to write about your own vows? And that's how the conversation starts. But no one's ever going to say, hey, can somebody help me? Nobody knows. Right. So where can people go if they want to contact uh, you for they, services? They can find me on my website, which is thevowwhisperer.com. On Instagram, it's at thevowwhisperer. And that's it. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and you guys, don't forget, we have a newsletter. I'll say that again. We have a newsletter. Planning a wedding is stressful AF, especially during a pandemic. So um, join the newsletter. We give tips and tricks about, you know, frivolous things like trends, what's hot, what's not. And then also like major stuff, um, of course, you know, to help you stay emotionally stable during these times. So go to betches.co slash brides newsletter and, um, yeah, sign up for it. I think it will help everybody. And don't forget that Betches Brides Facebook group. If you're in need of some support right now, which I'm pretty sure literally all of us are in a time like this, join our Betches Brides Facebook group. It's a community of brides all figuring out how the fuck to get through wedding planning. So make sure to join today. You guys, that's it for us this week. Again, Tanya, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you. And you guys, we'll be back next week with another amazing podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, yeah, throw us like a five-star review. It's no skin off your back. And also tell your friends and family about us. That's how you guys thank us for us doing the podcast. We'll be back next week. Bye, guys. Betches.